That's right. You're back again. It's the real dirt with Chip Baker. This is probably the last of our Harvest Special 2018. Those of you out there have just started your cannabis harvest, just trimming, just starting it up. Maybe you're one pound in, maybe you're a thousand pounds in. This sound, the dreaming of the scissors, the, becomes the musical anthem that you trimmers and cannabis harvesters and growers leave your lead your fall by. That's right. Now there's a big debate on what type of scissors are the best type. You know, Fiskers, I believe they're probably considered the number one scissor. However, everybody has their own scissor that they enjoy. If you have a favorite scissor, let me know. Check out our post on our Instagram site, The Real Dirt Podcast. Check us out on therealdirt.com. It's our website. Check us out on iTunes. Subscribe right now to our podcast, The Real Dirt Podcast with Chip Baker. That's right. Trim those nice fine buds up. Mm. Take pride in that work. Mm, yeah. Make that bud, each bud, each nugget beautiful. Mm, look at that. It's just something a machine can't do. That's right, you're back for another episode of The Real Dirt at The Real Dirt Podcast. I am Chip, Chip Baker, your host. Uh, And here we are at the last of our Harvest Specials 2018. Now, I hope you've enjoyed these. I know some of them have been short. I've had a few complaints about haven't had interviews. Um, But hey, you know, truth is, is uh, Harvest Time's a a big time of year for me. Um, uh, We make potting soil. I've been making potting soil since uh, 2002. My previous company, Royal Gold, and my current company, Growers Potting Soil, here outside Denver, Colorado. And fall's always a big production time for us um, because we're trying to uh, uh, stack up as much product as we can going into the winter, getting ready for the spring. Now, you know, the seasonality of the soil business is just slightly off from, say, the growing side for our customers. So we have to produce all the product ahead of time. We have to get all of our inventory in ahead of time. And our real big production seasons for the summer are actually the early spring. Because there's no way that we'll be able to keep up with the whole flood in the marketplace come May and June. Just the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pallets that get ordered and the totes and the soil. It's just it's just too much. So we have to prep up ahead of time. And, uh, you know, I really like to treat our product like a bakery and, and we try to manufacture our product the same day that we unpackage all the raw materials. Uh, we, we, we limit the storage, but it's just, it's, it's impossible, uh, not to complete the supply chain in the springtime, summertime, really May, June, late spring, I guess. 
unless you just start start building up inventory early in the spring. But the same kind of thing happens in the fall as you like pump it really hard until about July and then put the brakes on a little bit and then you just get to build up inventory. And here for us in northern Colorado, it's great because, you know, we're going to get about a thousand pallets stacked up in our um, in our storage facility there out in uh, eastern Colorado. And, you know, it'll freeze this winter time over winter. It'll freeze and eliminate any chance of uh, bugs or weed seed cross contamination, which there's so little of. But, you know, we are making potting soil. So, uh, yeah, it's a perfect time of year to be making potting soil, man. It's uh, 60, 70 degrees over here in Colorado. This is a really golden time for us over here. Starting to get a little cooler on occasion, but, you know, mostly it'll stay in those beautiful 60, 70 degrees for several, several more months, really, weeks even, throughout October, November. We'll even get some warm days in December and January. Um, so, man... I've just been busy making potting soil and I haven't been able to do these episodes where, you know, the traditional episode where I interview somebody or we talk about a specific subject and it's just kind of been me talking shit, which uh, any of you know me know that it's one of my great skills is just to continuously talk about cannabis and hemp. Cannabis is hemp. Hemp and ganja, man. And uh, that's what I'm doing for you right now. You're sitting there at your table. You're trimming away, you're out in the fields, you got your iPods on, you're uh, looking at another day of harvest, another day of trim, and you get to listen to me. Well, thank you so much for joining in, thank you so much for listening. I'm always so encouraged by the response I get from people all over the world over this podcast. Earlier this week, I got a, a response from our um, inquiry a couple of weeks ago about uh, solutions to the squirrel problems in Northern California. And, you know, I, I will play that <clears throat> here on this episode a little later. A guy from Spain calls me up and gives me a great, great, uh, solution to squirrel problems. So stay tuned, uh, for that later on in the episode. You know, I've also heard from like just so many people about what their other problems are, uh, with harvest this year. You know, it seems like it's been a big, uh, caterpillar year, here throughout the U.S., many, many, many people um, were plagued by uh, caterpillars in their gardens, on their flowers. It's really destructive. You know, little moth comes down, lays their little egg, egg hatches into a, a caterpillar. The caterpillar just like eats up the stalk right next to the bud and then totally exits right out of the flower. Bud can look completely normal, but then when you get to it, it's totally molded. And uh, it's going across the U.S. and 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 you know we're gonna have a, a whole other episode on on caterpillars and and a couple other pests on how to deal with that on uh, your next year's cannabis crop and cannabis harvest. So stay tuned on that. I've also spoken to uh, a few people that say they just love these short episodes. That it's just what they need. You know, they only have a, a few minutes in the car or on the train or on the bus you know, um, in their commute to, to listen to this. And, you know, people's attention spans are kind of small, too. Mine's super small. I've got about five minutes, I think. Uh, and, you know, many of these episodes are like an hour and a half. So thanks for listening. I really appreciate your time. That is for sure. You know, these episodes end up being, this whole podcast ends up like I'm growing this huge friendship base. 
And I have people now stop me all over and they know so much about me because of this podcast and they identify with this or that. If you ever see me out at a, uh, a cannabis event or any event, please say hello. I'd love to chat with you for a second, hear what's on your mind in the cannabis business, where you are in the cannabis business. And, uh, and yeah, man, it's just, it's just great. I'm literally making friends all over the world. I've bragged for years that I could probably like show up any place in the world and, and have a, a sack of fine cannabis or whatever cannabis was available within a few moments or days. And that claim has really grown. Um, that that's, it's true. So I can't always smoke out, but I'd love to smoke out. Definitely always want to chat about weed, or weed stuff for a second. So I'll be at the Emerald Cup here um, in December. We'll be at the MJ BizCon in uh, Las Vegas. If you see me at any one of those places, you listen to me, happen to recognize me on Facebook or whatnot, please say hello. Tell me what you love and hate about the show. Tell me about your favorite strains and, and what's, what's good right now. Yeah, man. What is good right now? You know, I've been over here in Colorado this harvest season and in California and Oregon are where, where most of my family and connection seems to be and uh, most of my friends are. And, and uh, I just love traveling around this time of year and just smelling and seeing all the fine cannabis and seeing everything that's going on uh, with people's growth and the technologies they've implicated, implemented and the things that work and the things that don't work, the drippers that suck, the drippers that clog, the drippers that work no matter what. It's always exciting. So, hey, if you've got something that's worked really well, please drop me a line at chip at com, or post it on our Instagram you know, this week we're going to ask you those questions like, hey, hey, what technology really worked for you this year? And the other thing we're going to ask is, what are the good buds, man? What turned out good? Why did it turn out? Because, you know, you uh, outdoor greenhouse farmers, you, you, you know what I mean. Sometimes the weed turns out better one year to the next, and it's not all great. Some's better than the others. And I, I'm really interested in what the top, top, weed that's coming out this year that's surviving the squirrels that's surviving the mold that's surviving the caterpillars tell me what's good hemp or ganja i'm i'm really really uh, interested and uh, i'd love to chat with you guys about it i also get the questions through my facebook page and real dirt's facebook page and one of the, one of the questions i got this week was from my good buddy sean me and sean grew up together back in macon georgia we, he lives out here in colorado too um, and, uh, Sean asked me about the, uh, Colorado amendment X. I had to really look it up. I'd seen that it was happening and I'd heard some peripheral knowledge or peripheral information about it, but I was, wasn't really knowledgeable. So I decided to look it up and, uh, here, let me, let me read you with how the amendment's going to look in your ballot. Now it's October 20th now. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. But when you listen to this, the election might have already happened or not. But uh, here in Colorado, many people, they, they vote with these mail-in ballots. And here's what the mail-in ballot says. Amendment X, constitutional. It's constitutional change because um, uh, hemp um, is a uh, constitutional right here in Colorado to be able to grow hemp. And the, Consti- the Amendment X is basically talking about how we defined what hemp is. Now, Now, here, let me read it to you. 
and is really important. Hempex constitutional. Shall there be an amendment to the Colorado Constitution concerning changing the industrial hemp definition from a constitutional definition to a statutory definition? Now, constitutional definition means that it has to be voted on by Coloradians, just like this is, right? Because it's embedded in our Constitution. Now, just, doesn't that sound great, man, that the Constitution of Colorado says that we have the right to grow hemp, and the definition of hemp is 0.03 THC, cannabis. That's a constitutional right. We have to vote it out, and that's what this Amendment X is. Now, so if you vote yes, then you change it to a statutory definition, which is just like almost all the other laws, is that lawmakers get together and decide what it means. So in this case, they could like if the, they could in the future change the percentage of THC to define industrial hemp. Currently, that is considered 0.03. However, in some states, they've made it 0.01, one-tenth of 1% of THC. Colorado and the Agricultural uh, Bill of 2014, which gives many protections um, on, for hemp growers throughout the country, says it's Point zero three three tenths of a percent of THC. That's what classifies as industrial hemp. So why is this amendment in? Well, this is this is has to do with the 2018 agricultural bill that's coming through Congress right now. It was proposed earlier this year. It was passed by the Senate in the early spring, early summer, or late spring, early summer. And what it's what it says is that here, let me pull this up right here so I get it right for you. So here's the big thing is if this agricultural bill is passed, right? And and just so I could get 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 it all all straight, they're calling it 2018 Farm Bill, Farm Hemp Farming Act of 2018. But, but here's what it'll do. It'll do several things that have many, many, many implications. One, the most important – well, God, there's so many important. The most important thing for the plant and for the planet and for us humans that have co-evolved with cannabis for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, uh, this is the important part, is now they're going to – they want to remove that point zero three. And say that it's just low THC cannabis, right? 1% or less. 1%. Now, currently, it's three-tenths of a percent. And the this Farm, Farm Act uh, proposes changing it to 1%. Now, none of this is legal yet. None of this has been voted on yet, really. It's, it's, we're, it's pending, and they could... Uh, they could uh, hold this up until mid-December before they actually vote on it. But there will be a farm bill in 2018, so let's, let's continue to see what it is. So here's, here's the, the importance of that is, man, it's so hard to get these high CBD rates in cannabis plants with just a, a .03, three-tenths of a percent or one-tenth of a percent of THC in it. It's just hard. It can be done, but what most farmers do is they have to chop their crops early and you only grow them to like four or five weeks of maturation in order to still get that higher CBD. 
you know, uh, um, with CBD and THC, it's overall cannabinoid expression. And, uh, you know, if you want like really good and healthy plants and you put everything into them, then they are going to have the highest cannabinoid expression possible. And what that means is sometimes that's 0.05% THC and like 22% CBD. But like everybody agrees that the 22% CBD is great to have. It's just hard to hustle it with this three-tenths of a percent of THC as your limiting factor. So for breeding, for growing, and you man, just think about genetics too. I mean, you know, now we're entering into industrial scale farming and you've got people that have hundreds of acres of hemp that they're growing for CBD production under the industrial hemp laws. Just the chances are some of it's going to be over three-tenths of a percent is, is great. You know, I mean, it, it, some of it might be below that, but man, it's a hustle to do that. And this makes it really easy. And come on, is 1% THC, man. It's like, it's, it, no, you know, that, that's, uh, that, that's not that big of a deal. So the other big deal, a part of this is it brings hemp out from under the Controlled Substance Act. And the Controlled Substance Act regulates all cannabis, hemp and ganja alike. And thanks to Jack Hara, we all know that the reason that cannabis was criminalized was because of the hemp industry. And if you don't understand this business move or, or you're interested in it, hey man, check out a really simple book, The Emperor Wears No Clothes, by the late, great Jack Hara. Great man. Crazy, crazy weed smoker activist, that's for sure. But he really brought the hemp revolution to life. If you haven't read his book, please read it. It kind of reads uh, like some um, mad magazine, so to speak, but uh, <laughs> it, it, it's it's all real. Check it out. And basically, they banned all cannabis because they wanted to ban hemp production in the U.S. because they wanted to have paper made from trees and not paper made from hemp. I won't go into the whole the whole reasons all that are, but uh, uh, you know they they decided that's what we wanted to have happen. You know, thus the timber industry and the paper industry exploded. The processes for paper exploded. It brings hemp out of the Controlled Substances Act. And what that does is it gives hemp farmers federal ability to get federal agricultural grants to use the national banking system to access other farmers and to be recognized as a crop. For agronomy research, you can get crop insurance. Like, there's so many implications when this becomes a product that you can grow that's not in the, you know, under the Controlled Substances Act still, um, that it can really be scaled. Um, so that's important to understand that. So, so back to Colorado, this whole 1% thing is people in Colorado figured that this bill was already going to have been passed. And the initial portion of the bill in the Senate was passed in early early or mid-spring, you know, uh, early summer, something like that. So people got this bill together because they wanted Colorado to be ahead of it all and to be able to immediately change in the grow year of 2019 to have higher THC ratings up to 1% from their three-tenths of percent. So they hustled this law for this constitutional change because, you know, I, we might not be able to get another, uh, I'm not sure about this, but uh, it's going to be two more years, I believe, before there's another vote like this in Colorado. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they can have them yearly, but 
I think it's two years, man. So people wanted to get ahead of it. I see where they're coming from. I see what's going on here. Uh, you know, they're trying to prepare for Colorado's future. So they want you to vote yes on Amendment X because that's going to they believe that the federal government is going to allow low THC hemp is going to bring out hemp from the Controlled Substance Act is going to allow up to one percent THC in industrial hemp. They believe this and I'm not sure if this is real. I want it to be, but the government, the federal government hasn't voted on it yet. Uh, politics, as we call it, at the last minute, things things can get changed. So I'm not sure that this is the thing to do. If you vote no on Amendment X, then you are saying that you want it to remain as it is and hemp to be defined through the Constitution of the state of Colorado. Now, here, here's the thing. Say in 2019, say this year, 2000, later on this year, later on 2019, the Fed passed this Ag Act, and it does, in fact, say that we can grow up to 1% THC. Well, what that means is that Colorado will be off two grow seasons. They'll be off grow season of 19 and grow season off 20, if I'm correct about how we vote on these things here. So you wouldn't be able to change the constitutional amendment in 2020 until 2020. Well, many, many other states, however, are already have regulated at point three. They're going to have similar problems. But it's only two years, man. In, in a two years growth cycle, it's not that much. Uh, I know fortunes and lives can be made and broken in just 90 days. As we always say at Cultivate Colorado, you're just 90 days away from your best harvest ever, which is true. But I'm just not really sure that uh, I am comfortable with hedging this bet. Because here's what happens. If we decide, here's the, here. okay, it's all what if, it's all what if, it's all what if. What if the federal government legalizes hemp and brings it up to 1%? Right? That means Colorado's going to be stuck at 0.03 for maybe two years. What if we decide that we want to change this to a statutory amendment or, or a definition, statutory definition? <coughs> the federal government does not pass any change in the THC for industrial hemp then they leave it at the 0.03, right? That means that in the future, people could go down to 0.02, of a percent in Colorado. That the government could say, hey, we want to redefine cannabis, and um, or we want to redefine industrial hemp, and now industrial hemp is uh, one-tenth of a percent of THC. Now, that's totally possible, too. And you can say, I don't think that would happen, but, you know, you, you can't what if, right? Sometimes you have to make some gambles in life, but as a small airplane pilot, I try never to take chances, right? And only take calculated movements. And sometimes in life you can't do that, but in business and in laws, and in flying and landing airplanes, you got to be as calculated as possible. It's all by the numbers. So I think I'm probably going to vote no 
on this amendment. And it's not going to be the end of the world if the federal government tomorrow passes the hemp bill and it changes it to 1% and Colorado still be stuck at 0.03. It's not going to be the end of the world. Some other way people are going to find a way around it, right? That, that, that's just my few cents, so to speak, on the subject. You know, I keep talking about how much I love this podcast. And one of my favorite things about this podcast is, uh, wow, people give me weed all the time and tell me how much they love the podcast. So uh, I'm just uh, was up in Seattle and hung out with my good buddy Fletch of Archive Seeds. And wow, man, Fletch smoked me out for two days solid on what I would guarantee I would have a Pepsi challenge of the best weed in the world. That's right. For a couple of days, man. We smoked the best weed in the world for a couple of days with Fletch Markive. Um, You know, I tried to get him on the podcast, but uh, we've been on in the past. But he just wanted to hang out. We're old friends. I've known him since he was much younger. I was much younger then too, I guess. Uh, uh, but Fletcher's really awesome dude. Got great genetics. If you're interested in any type of cannabis genetics, check out all the archive gear. Man, he's got some really special crosses. Uh si do Smarties, um, Scooby Snacks, One Star Dosi. God, dude, that One Star and the Dosi Cross, man, shit's good. You know, you, you guys should pick up some seeds. At your uh, local seed dealer, whoever that happens to be. I've been smoking out good. I got uh, just finished a huge Smarties joint. Smarties, great purple ganja. Good flavor, good high. You know, much of the purple weed just doesn't really get you stoned. But uh, this one, the Smarties, does, is pr- pretty good, man. It's pretty good. So, uh, yeah, you know, something else has been going on here at The Real Dirt is I've been having so many requests for people to uh, have them on the show or review a product of theirs or for, you know, some type of sponsorship. And, you know, I've kind of struggled a little bit how to do this, but, you know, this I've decided I'm just going to do it this way. So here at Cultivate Colorado, our grow store in Denver, Colorado, we sell all over the U.S. Uh, manufacturers all type give us samples all the time. And so if you have a product and you would like me to review it, if it's a technical product, um, if it's a nutrient, then, uh, hey, just look up our review page on the Real Dirt podcast therealdirt.com and just uh, follow the instructions there and and uh, send your product to me, Chip, at The Real Dirt. If you want to talk to me directly, Chip, at therealdirt.com is how you can get in touch with me. And me or my number one uh, production employee, uh, Travis Crane, Crane Style, will uh, respond to you as as soon as we can. Sometimes we're busy smoking out back and it takes a second. Sometimes a second means four days, but we will get back to you. So if you've got any type of technical product, you know, anything like that, if you've got a, a, a ganja product and you're in Colorado or California, man, just give me an email and uh, let's get together and we'll, we'll uh, talk about it. You know, it's hard for me to do as many interviews or have as many people on the podcast as I would like. 
So uh, if you're interested in having your product reviewed, just send me a sample. Um, right now I'm looking at a new LED product by a company called Rising Tide. Just got two light samples from them. And uh, they look real interesting. I'm going to put those together a little bit different than uh, other other lights. So I'm kind of excited about uh, seeing how they run. Um, but whatever it is, you know, if you've got the best joint roller in the world, if you've got the best papers, if you've got anything, if you want reviewed by me, I would gladly do it either on the show or on my Instagram page. So once again, check us out at TheRealDirt.com, at TheRealDirt Instagram, uh, on iTunes, The Real Dirt Podcast. Please subscribe. Please, 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 please subscribe.